Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Professor Corey Graves. We are in the fast lane, on the way to fast lane. I can't get there without my co-pilot, my star pupil, Hey, P. Kevin Patrick, what's the good word, my friend? Gravy boy. Listen, are you a professor or are you a model these days? I've seen the Instagram pictures yourself and Carmela. Can you Listen, turn right and left? I can't turn left. I have also <laughs> inherited the same disorder that Derek Zoolander possessed. Uh, listen, don't get mad at me. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I can't help right if when I stand still in front of a camera, I make magic. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And your beautiful wife is looking great. Getting closer. Yeah, very, very excited for the new edition, KP. He'll be here in a matter of weeks, but lots to get to before the new arrival. Of course, NXT No Mercy going down this coming Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, streaming live WWE on Peacock, where Carmelo Hayes will defend his championship against none other than Ilya Dragunov, who will be our guest today on After the Bell, 24 hours before his big matchup. I can't wait to talk to Dragunov. KP, yeah. when I watch Ilya compete, I can't help but draw the comparison to like an anime character. I'm not a big okay. anime guy, but I've seen enough to know that the main characters get beaten down and broken and all of a sudden they ignite and lightning starts flying from the sky and all sorts of madness happens. And I can't help but feel that sort of way when Dragunov gets going inside the ring. Can't wait to talk to him. I'm sort of fascinated there aren't too many superstars on the roster I've never had a real conversation with. This is exciting but for me. This is it. His performances, his matches are always unbelievable. We've talked about him several times, and uh, I want to get to know more about him, the person. So really enjoyed having Santos Escobar on last week. I think the folks at home, you guys in your car or on your way to work, really enjoyed listening into that one as well, learning more about Lucha Libre and Santos Escobar and, and his fascinating story. So let's get more of it from Ilya Dragunov. Well, if you're talking about Santos Escobar tonight, as this drops, if you're listening to ATB on Friday, as you should be, Santos Escobar with the opportunity of a lifetime, one-on-one -on -one with the United States champion, WWE Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio. If Santos's words last week were any indication, we could be on the precipice of another instant classic. Do you agree, KP? Yeah, and do you think he could regret what he said here on After the Bell? Which is, Rey Mysterio is the greatest luchador of all time. Santos Escobar is the greatest luchador today. In a way, he's kind of backed himself into a little bit of a corner here, and he better deliver. Well, either Santos is going to deliver or Rey Mysterio is going to do as he has done so many times, historically speaking. Utilize those words as bulletin board material. Use it as extra motivation, as if Rey Mysterio needs any added motivation to do anything in life. The guy just nice wins. shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. Can you show the folks what you're wearing? Realize. Ray and Eddie, look, I'm going to, I'm going to shill a little WWE shop. This was gifted to me by Ray Mysterio. Thank you very much. Uh, this fantastic dropper. shirt. This is also an incentive to watch ATB on YouTube. So you can find out what the hell we are talking about. If you're listening in audio form only. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents pondering the bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. 
With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. I mentioned Fastlane rapidly approaching. We now know it is official. Seth freaking Rollins will defend the World Heavyweight Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. That in and of itself worth the price of admission. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. We found out Friday night on SmackDown. AJ Styles out of the equation. Taken out by Solo jumping off of something obnoxiously high in our backstage area. Injuring the phenomenal one who left the arena in an ambulance. And right now as it stands, it seems as though the greatest of all time, John Cena, going to be flying Solo to battle Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa at Fastlane. Uh, I don't see this working out well for John Cena. Do you, KP? Not at all. Look, he he was brave in the way he went about his business. Uh, Coming out to the ring, approaching the bloodline in the manner that he did, trying to jump to the defense of AJ Styles. But John, you're dealing with the bloodline here. You're dealing with the destroyer, the the street champ, the enforcer in Solo Sokoa. And what we witnessed on Friday, look, I thought from a television perspective, it it was epic viewing. To see AJ being taken out the way he was, but to see Cena's reaction in the ring, we're mere meters from John Cena and his instant response being the greatest of all time is F that out of the ring. He goes back through gorilla backstage, tries to get to the defense and, and save AJ. He was just a little bit too late there, but also to see Paul Heyman's reaction gravy in that he didn't sanction this attack. He, he didn't nearly, he didn't approve it. And clearly Roman Reigns from what we can gather didn't either. So I'm just, I'm just really curious what's going on here with the bloodline. I too share in your curiosity, KP, but forgive me as you were pontificating, I was just uh, privy to an alert tweeted out by WWE. We are recording this on Tuesday morning because of some scheduling issues. Uh, Jade Cargill has officially agreed to a multi-year deal with WWE first reported by ESPN. KP, if you haven't had a chance to get eyes on Jade Cargill, this is a big, big, big signing. For WWE, if you're familiar with what Jade has done prior to her tenure in WWE, you've got plenty of reason to be excited. Jade Cargill, physically speaking, a freak of nature. The girl has muscles like you've never seen before. She's a freak athlete. But above all, in the little bits that I have seen of Jade, uh, she's a star. She is yeah, that's a the word that comes star to mind for me. in every sense of the word. The, the old pro wrestling adage she will turn heads walking through the airport. She is beautiful. She is powerful. She is talented. I think she is going to be a big addition to WWE, whether that be in NXT or Raw or SmackDown. This is exciting. Uh, it's big news. I, I felt it apropos to bring it up here as I'm scrolling through. Uh, but again, we mentioned this is being recorded on Tuesday. So top of mind right now, KP, for you and I both, what went down last night? On Monday Night Raw, lots to be excited about from the red side of the brand. Do you agree? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, big time. Look, it, it kicked off in, in dramatic fashion with Cody Rhodes being interrupted yet again. J.D. McDonough then inserts himself in bloodline business. Damian Priest takes a beating, but J.D. McDonough comes back later on in the night helping out the Judgment Day. And you just wonder where Damian Priest's head is at with J.D. The bloodline, though, excuse me, the Judgment Day... We didn't know at the end of Monday Night Raw whether they'd be trophy lists, championship lists at the end of the night. And sure enough, they come through and it was Dom Mysterio delivering. And I know that's a match you wanted to touch on here on After the Bell. Not only delivering, 
for my money, Dom over-delivered on Monday Night Raw, but Dom did not do so alone. Uh, Dragon Lee, NXT superstar, had the opportunity to compete on Monday Night Raw for the NXT North American Championship, currently held by none other than Dirty Dom. And KP, we've discussed, I know offline, I'm pretty sure we've brought it up on this show in the past, that the way this business works, there are so many delicate details and things that can go right, and if done properly, can result in downright magic. And I think that's what we got on Monday Night Raw from both Dirty Dom and Dragon Lee. There's an old saying, and I'm going to go a little bit inside baseball here for those of you listening, but in a wrestling match, the insider terminology for the winner is said to be going over. One person goes over, but as a result, two people get over. And when I say get over, I mean the WWE universe accepts them, learns who they are, what they are about, begins to understand and connect with a superstar. A great match, any great match throughout history, one person wins, but both people, or in some cases, six or seven people, get over because of the match as a whole. And that's what we got from Dragon Lee and Dom. Dom right now, red hot for all the wrong reasons in the opinion of the WWE Universe. Man, Ontario, California, let Dom know. They were not fans of what he does. But the opportunity was ripe for Dom to remind the world that, yeah, you may have complete disdain for everything about me and my personality and my relationship and my alignment with the Judgment Day and my betrayal of my family, but I'm still a really damn good wrestler. Watching Dom move and how fluid and athletic he is, I think adds another dimension to the fact that the WWE fans can't stand him. Because what's worse than having a guy that you think, oh, I could probably kick his ass. Oh, I should probably have a girl that cute. Oh, I should probably be a champ. And then have Dom go, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do this. Remember? And watching Dom move like he is capable of, oh, yeah, you almost forgot. He's the son of Ray freaking Mysterio. Dragon Lee. On the other side of the coin, while unsuccessful in his bid to become NXT North American champion, opened a lot of eyes in the WWE universe and captivated the masses on a much larger stage than NXT. And we talked about this a few weeks ago about the importance of having Becky Lynch as NXT women's champion and how that brings a lot of new eyeballs and potential viewership to the NXT brand. That works the same way with a Dragon Lee, who I would be willing to bet most of our WWE fans saw for the very first time. Obviously, those who watch NXT are familiar. If you follow Dragon Lee pre-WWE, you have more reason to be excited. Much like Santos Escobar, maybe not quite to the scale that Santos did, Dragon Lee accomplished a few things before arriving in WWE. He had a buzz about him. He was a big get, so to speak, for the WWE brand. So for Dragon and Dom to go out there and tear the freaking house down like they did, Dragon Lee had the fans in Ontario, in the arena, and around the world captivated, believing, biting on every near fall. This isn't going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to dethrone Dom. Ultimately, Dom has that little sneaky trick up his sleeve. If I'm not going to spoil the match for you. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. I'll tell you who won. Dom obviously retained, but go watch the match if you haven't. This was the most fun I've had watching in a while. 
Truth be told, I was busy around the house doing a few other things, and I realized that I had missed the match. Thank God for DVR. And I rewound it as Raw was playing. I backed Raw up about a solid hour and started watching again from the point that Dom made his entrance. What a battle. Two star-making performances. Dom had the chance to remind people what he's capable of and that he is a threat to be taken legitimately, even if you can't stand him. Dragon Lee showing, if nothing else, that the future is extremely bright and the present in NXT is the future. It's not just a tagline. You, you, so hopefully someone went, oh my God, I've never seen Dragon Lee before. I'm going to watch NXT Tuesday night. Love it. Absolutely brilliant perspective. Can I ask Grizzled Old Gravy here and the legendary mind that you have a question? How in detail has Dominic Mysterio surpassed your expectations and, and has he in the last 12 months and in what way? Dominic, to me, is doing some of the best work in the business right now. And part of it was out of necessity in a sense that look at all the second, third generation superstars that have walked through the doors in WWE. Yes, you have your Charlotte Flairs. Yes, you have your Randy Ortons. But having a famous last name, particularly in that Hall of Fame tier, can oftentimes be more of a curse than it is a blessing. Think back to the WCW days when David Flair attempted to follow in his father's footsteps. It's not just, oh, my dad was in the business for a cup of coffee, or oh, my dad was sort of okay and had a bit of a run. Your dad is one of the greatest of all time. You need to separate yourself somehow. And Dom did that in an extremely unpopular fashion, but in doing so, it's really allowing slash forcing Dominic to sink or swim on his own. And he has been doing backstrokes around the WWE universe recently from a character perspective to now Monday night on the in-ring side of things, showing he is a complete superstar. He's still young. He's still green, as we say. Dom is only going to get better, which should be a terrifying thought for everyone on the roster because Dom hasn't, instead of leaning on his Mysterio name, he's forsaken it. And he's taken a hard left in a completely different direction going, I'm going to make my own path. I'm going to make my own fortune. And someday down the line, we know how this story goes. They're going to meet again. There's going to be some sort of repercussions for the years of, of, of turmoil between Ray and Dom. It will come to a pinnacle again. But in the meantime, just appreciate it for what it is. And this is Dominic taking his lot in life and shaking it up and doing things his way in a legitimate manner that I think everybody should be watching and learning from because Dom, and it should almost be looked at, I think, with more admiration and respect because Dom has shrugged the, the Mysterio name and done it really on his own. Yes, it was the launch pad. Yes, it was the jumping off point. But Dom is doing the work on his own. This has nothing to do with Rey Mysterio at this point. It certainly has not been an easy road for him over the past 12 months, but as you say, he's doing backstrokes. Gravy elsewhere on Monday Night Raw. Otis Bronson Reed, 660 pounds of men inside oh, that ring. <laughs> baby. I think I might have been excited only second to the one and only Big E about the prospect Monday night of the proverbial big, meaty men slapping meat. My God, did we get that and then some. And listen, this was just fun to me. I was texting Michael Cole during the match. And I said, I hope this match goes six segments. 
It was so much fun to me as a fan of this business and, and an old school fan at times. What I saw from Otis and Bronson Reed was an old school mentality wrapped up in a shiny new package. You had two true larger-than-life behemoths, as you mentioned, 330 pounds apiece, both legitimate BMFs, bad dudes. Otis, we know about his accolades, amateurs speaking, what he's accomplished in WWE. Bronson Reed, a dude who is making the most out of this second chance at WWE, and kudos to him because a lot of people haven't had the same success. Bronson Reed went away for a while, came back with a vengeance. And I don't mean to to use that cliche in a ham-fisted manner. He did. He has come back with a vengeance. And these two big sons of guns doing battle, it was a slower-paced match. What would you expect? But it had tinges of athleticism that you never saw out of the Giants of yesteryear. The tsunami never gets old to me. Seeing Bronson Reed fly from the top rope is a spectacle. But watching Otis hold his own, hearing the impact, of these clubbing shots from these guys, one after another, just battering each other. It was old school in a sense that these are two larger-than-life giants going to war right now. And at the end, yes, Bronson Reed was victorious, but it also left me wanting more. This is a case, not unlike Dom and Dragon Lee, where one man went over, being Bronson Reed, but for my money, from old CG's seat, Both men got over because now I'm excited to see what else would have happened had they had more time. I don't expect Otis to take this victory lying down. I don't know if anybody in the WWE universe would be disappointed if they ran it back. I mean, this was cool, man. This is a reminder that, yes, while Otis is, is a comedic character more often than not or had been, and neither of them are aesthetically the kind of guys where you look at and go, oh, that dude's probably strong as an ox. They both, you know, are pretty pretty healthy on their frames. They, they've got a lot to work with. But it was a reminder. When Bronson Reed lifted Otis up for a <laughs> Samoan drop, it looked effortless. And then Otis answered with an angle slam later in the match. These are two guys making lifting 330 pounds of a grown man look easy. And that in and of itself should remind the, the WWE Universe and fans across the world, oh yeah, they're, they're caricatures, they're characters, they're their personas, but these are real life freak athletes who are doing what they do for our enjoyment for free on television. It's a win, win, win. So one of my good friends was at raw last week in Salt Lake city and he was there with his three kids. I asked him for his biggest takeaway and he said, our favorite was Otis straight away. And he said, Otis was, was entertaining with the crowd, with the kids. And he was talking about from an entertainment standpoint, but last night was that reminder that Otis, like you perfectly said, is an elite athlete. And we know that Bronson is. Bronson Bronson wows us from an individual perspective each and every week. But we don't get to see that individual side of Otis each and every week. It's usually the Olympian next to him in Chad Gable, and he's constantly like leaving our jaws on the floor. But you're right. Last night, to see Otis, you know, effortlessly making his way around the ring and the way he does it, and also to see him side by side with Bronson Reed was quite a cool sight. Because they're built in different ways, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Otis's shoulders look bigger. And I'm watching them, and they're similar height. But I'm like, man, Otis, like, he's a big, big dude. But, like, I can't wait to see these two collide. And when they both just ran full tilt into each other and knocked each other out of the ring, mm-hmm. you're right. Give me six segments. Give me that again. Um, because it was special. I'm totally with you on that. It was definitely special. I look forward to more of it in the future. And speaking of special 
and the future. The future is on the line tomorrow night as this drops. NXT, no mercy. Streaming live, WWE on Peacock. KP, you talked about guys who leave our jaws on the floor. That has to be in reference to the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes and the man who will once again attempt to dethrone Melo, our guest at this time, Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov, how excited are we to have you right here with us on After the Bell ahead of Saturday's No Mercy clash for the title against Carmelo Hayes. But we want to start by going all the way back and learn a little more about you, a five-year-old that moved from Russia to Germany. Can you tell us what were some of your earliest memories from back then? I mean, I remember coming into a completely new world. I mean, like being, let's say, uh, an immigrant is not a is not a different feeling for me because I I know how complicated things get. And my very first memory is probably how complicated things were for me because if you come into an entirely new environment, like a different country, you know you need some time to adapt to the language. And I knew like. Uh, the most common memory, the most memorable one was like that nobody understood what I was talking about. And this is like, it's a hard thing for a, for a child to have if nobody understands you around them. Sure. Yeah. And this is like, um, just like everything's changing. I mean, like, I remember when we uh, came to Germany, we kind of like went to an area which was, was like more like a poor one. Like where the the apartments were kind of like where you can just pay the pay the apartments because the price is not too high. Uh, I remember not seeing. I mean, like I came over with my mom, my 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 grandfather, my aunt, and my cousin. And uh, at that time, I barely have seen my mother at all because, like, you're just coming to another country. You need to uh, get a job because you gotta pay rent. You gotta. Yeah, afford groceries. It is a. It was a lonely time for me as a child. And how did you adapt? What did you do to sort of keep yourself sane and comfortable in those difficult early years? Well, I guess it's a good question. I don't know how I kept myself sane. I, I just needed to uh, to go through all of that, like learning learning the language. I mean, like, well, I was five. What do you want to expect from a child? Like, sure, uh, it's very difficult. I, uh, everything I did was. Trying to explain and to to, to to communicate with other people, and it was hard because like just like children pick up languages quicker. That's definitely the case. But uh, I remember this was very very hard for me, and everything I did was just fighting through it, just trying to people like somehow to communicate with them and to try to somehow get along with. Everything that is so new and so overwhelming to me. You know, it's fascinating to me because I, I wonder today, and Gravy, I'm sure you're the exact same way, how we as parents parent our kids that are given everything, you know, in, in life today. And you think about some of the greatest sports stars in the world and some of the adversity they've faced, you know, coming from humble means to, to just find that hunger from within, do you feel that those early days in your life, Ilya, really shaped the person you are today? Most definitely, they did. I mean, like, I mean, in certain moments in your life, you just gotta make decisions, even even you sink or you swim. That's as easy as it gets. And uh, I think those early days and those situations, like this, 
this huge change in my life, like even like as a child, this solitude, this being like on my own, the need to make my own decisions, like from a very young age, it definitely made something out of me. I definitely a person who uh, who's not depending too much on what people think of me, who has more of his own head for things, and who has a, I would say, how you can see in the ring, like a ridiculously high pain resistance. Not only physical, <laughs> but like mentally too. Can you remember an exact point or a moment where you were first exposed to the world that is pro wrestling slash sports entertainment? I mean, like, I already said, like, a couple of times, like, in interviews, I, my entry to this business was kind of like an accident because I just remember just randomly seeing, like, a one match on television in Germany, and that was, like, kind of like, oh, that's interesting. So I think, I think it was a, it was a SmackDown show and it has like Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle, which is like probably the best you can probably you can probably I was gonna say out. that's a good jumping off point. <laughs> that was interesting. But after this, actually for the funny things, after this, like for a long time nothing happened anymore. So it took probably another let's say five years until I came back in touch with with this thing. And uh, it was also based on an accident. Like, uh, I probably started some something that was more like um, backyard-like-ish. Mm -hmm. I somehow luckily met uh, a German pro. In this time, like a German pro from the independent, independent scene in Germany. Uh, my very first, who became my very first trainer because he opened up the school in Dresden. Like... Uh, Alexander Wolf, like probably known as Alexander Wolf, actually. Oh, yes. was my very first trainer in uh, for for this performance art. And after this, I must just say uh, everything just were going from step to step. I never like intended like this is going to be my dream. I just wow. never stopped because if you compare it to what you asked me before, how was my memories of coming to Germany? This was the very first time in my life where I had the thoughts that this is a way how I can express myself. What did you do in the interim, in the meantime? Were you into martial arts or sports or athletics? Or, or was do you have another fascination growing up before this business? Absolutely not. That's, like, really? that's exactly how I said. I, this is the first thing where I finally had the thought that I could express myself. It doesn't matter... If it's the language, uh, not through language, not through anything else, but just through this thing, like through... Was it the physicality? The physicality that allowed you to, to convey what you were feeling as opposed to having to do it with language? Definitely, but it was also like I, I felt free. You know, you gotta, you gotta think about everything, like just coming to this new country, learning the language, trying to kind of fit in. Like uh, barely having the mo barely having a family around me because my mother the most memories I have of my mom is how she's either working or she's extremely tired. These are my memories of my mom most of the time of my childhood, um, and I remember solitude, and I remember that just everything was so hard to me to to become free as a human being. 
And this, going into this and going deeper into this and having this possibility of really like perform and to really like feel that I can get out something out of myself, like which is so deep inside myself, this wish to express myself. And all that led up to today. I never, I just never stopped. You know what it reminds me of, Gravy? It reminds me of John Cena's story about how he accidentally, you know, found himself in a place working in a gym and he sees some of the superstars, but all of a sudden that freedom to express himself, uh, right. he gravitated towards, you know, it's pretty cool. It's, this sort of an accidental story in the professional wrestling world, I think is more common than not gravy. Would you agree? I don't know that Maybe. it's that common, especially at this point to make it to the level that we're at. The fact that Ilya is on a WWE podcast about to main event, a WWE yeah. NXT premium live event, I, I don't know that I believe, you know, that's a very common thing. Someone who stumbled upon it, especially to this level. Ilya, have you ever been able to perform in front of your mother? Oh, I, I hope this day will never come. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this day will never come. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know. don't I think don't your mom would be a fan? Uh, I, I know she's a fan today. Like, actually, the funny thing is, like, my mom was... Um, uh, through all the stress she had, she was like very, very, very strict to me when I was young. Like because mm -hmm. she really wanted me to do good. She, sometimes we managed too good, but it's it's fine. I I love her for everything she is, and she's probably one of the most good-hearted people. Uh, good-hearted people on this planet that work so hard that I can be just proud of her. But she would be so scared to see me inside there, especially <laughs> the way I think you can show. Other people, how they perform easier to their families uh, compared to the way I perform in the ring. Because That's valid. I, I'm willing to go down there, though, like entirely. Lose it, lose it, lose everything. And I don't want to mention sometimes to see like that my family's in your In your formative years in Germany, uh, I yeah. think it's safe to say that's where your initial encounters with the man whom we now refer to as the Intercontinental Champion, the Ring General Gunther. I know you guys both competed against one another for a long time over there. How integral to your career and your success has Gunther been? There's only thing, one thing I can say. I would never be the person I am today without him. Not even slightly. There's not one person who pushed me that hard, who shaped me this way, who taught me more. There is the only reason I am this good right now and making a name for myself is because of him. There's not one person like him. And uh, I just can't. There's, yeah, there's no either dragon off without a Gunther. Give us an example. Is there any memories of, of Gunther really pushing you? So I, I talked about like my pain resistance in the ring, and uh, I have a good stamina in the ring. Like this is probably came natural. I also working very hard on this, but it doesn't matter. Uh, if you just look at, the, at our two matches in the WWE, these were these matches were the first matches where I really in the middle of the match and at the end of the matches thought I don't know how to keep going anymore. I don't know how I can go one step further anymore. Like, this is like taking the performance to this level, like emotionally and physically. These were the only times I ever experienced that. Because just look at him. Like, he, he pushes people to the next level. Like, he's the only bar I set for myself. Because if you can, 
if you are good, people see that. But how great you really are is when you see what you make out of the people you face. Does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I know I'm not the only one that's about to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And that being that your match, your first match with Gunther in NXT UK is what really started the buzz for Ilya Dragunov within the WWE universe. How much of a change was it for you and how difficult was the decision to leave Germany or Europe as a whole to come to the United States to continue pursuing success within WWE? Uh, it was not easy. And I, we spoke to Gunther about that and he had, he had very similar reservations. He had a comfort level in, in Europe and he had been an established star. So it was a bit of a leap of faith to come to the United States on this scale within the machine that is WWE. You're going to see it from that perspective. I, I admire Gunther, but I think we are on certain levels. We are definitely different. Like you see when we win wrestle, it's like two opposites just clashing into each other. And I'm a, a very emotional person. Like I talked about self-expressing, and um, especially when you see me perform, I think you see how much I love this and how much passion I have for every step I take. And for a person like me who is that sensitive and that emotional, it is—it uh, feels like uh, I'm just a second time an immigrant. <laughs> I need to mm-hmm. adapt. I need to refocus. I speak a like another different language for me and it was not easy to learn that either like uh, I came through experience in this industry to somehow develop my English language but it's still an entire new environment for me and uh, being again on my own and uh, dealing with that on my own and uh, taking my own decisions and decisions I need to be accountable responsible for it is not easy but let's say I don't feel that my life has been just one day easy since I was five. Wow. Just another day. Thank you for, I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. We appreciate that perspective. We really do. You know, we heard from Santos Escobar last week and he talked to us about, he was the man, you know, in Mexico. And then he comes to the U S and heads to NXT and it's a humbling experience. You know, did you find that same thing when you get across that all of a sudden you've got to nearly work your way from the beginning, not the beginning necessarily, but you've got to work hard to get the attention of the brass over here. No, I don't have this feeling. I don't, I'm entirely confident in my work because somehow everything I did since I, since I do this job worked out for me. Just because I, I am completely honest when I step into this ring. I have literally, when I, when I perform, I, have, I know I have nothing else to give. This is everything I have. Like when I go in there and I do my thing, everything is honest. As a person, I'm honest. I would never like... I, the truth is hard in life. And if you are a person who pretends, pretends something in the ring, people will feel that. They will see you're not for real. They will see, they will never connect you on a deeper emotional level. That's what every performer deeply inside really wants, is a deep emotional connection. I did, like in that sense, I didn't start from the beginning. I just continued my work because, I, because of people who trusted me, in the crowd who trusted me, and a crowd who needs to get to know me more, but like just look at my last, like the last monster that came back to NXT. Like the people feel what I offer them. They connect to me. I offer them something different. And coming into a new environment, like I said, I'm a second time immigrant. I have no problems with that. It's hard, 
but I'm used to hard. I don't want a different. This is so interesting as this conversation progresses. It sounds to me like, as opposed to speaking to a, a superstar who looks at this from a physical perspective, it sounds more like, Ilya, you look at this business as art as opposed to what a lot of people get out of it. Where do you draw inspiration from? Everything. Like, everything is art. Like, life itself is art. I mean, it's... Uh, I think if you put soul into something, if you breathe soul into a thing, it becomes art. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's this business, this industry, or it is anything else that people do. Like, it just, dep- it just needs this... this soul that you blow into something right that is something not like not even like just like physical not even just like you work you work out to get into a certain shape something like this no you you put your you put a part of your soul into this and then it becomes art because then you this is like the last percentage that needs to attract feelings so that you can make when you can create feelings this is art if you self-express yourself, if you give this honesty, if you like, even take the risk of embarrass yourself because you're so honest about who you are and you offer that with all the soul you have, this is art. That's what I this do. This is why I love this show, Gravy. I, I, dude, I've got to be honest. Show. I, I'm sitting here smiling because after all the years I've been in this business, this is still a refreshing perspective. Yes. This is something brand new. It's It's inspirational to me. I love, Ilya, how you look at this business and what you do night after night. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't do anything else. Like, to be honest, like I said, I can't do it in a different way. I mean, I everything passes so quick. Like, I, I, I just have the feeling I just started, like, yesterday. But it has been so many years. I'm probably in this thing, like, since 11 years already. But I, I and I had this topic also, like, a couple of times. I don't set goals for myself. I'm not interested in this. Like, whatever comes, I will use that, and I will embrace those moments as much as I can. And if I lose myself in all of that, and I go down, I, I, I always said to friends, like, when I die one day, I want to die empty. Like, not empty, like, emotionally, I want to die empty. Like, I want to lay and tell I have nothing more to give. I did everything I wanted to. I did, but they're all the energy I had, I had to, I want to go down as a, just a shell. That's amazing. I, I want to steal it and plaster it on a t-shirt that just says die go empty. <laughs> what, what an ethos in life though, man. That's, that's incredible. I absolutely love that. That that's such a really cool perspective, not only on sports entertainment and the wrestling business in life itself. I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for that. But speaking as an artist, tomorrow you have the opportunity once again to step into the ring and compete for the NXT championship against Carmelo Hayes. You were unsuccessful in your last attempt. What makes this different than the last time? You know, those kind of setbacks, like even like losing like the first time, some people, some people would quit after this, like, like do something else, try a different way. But like I'm not those people. Like you see, you see me in my performances. I get to my best when people really hurt me, when they really push me to the ground and stomp on me and hit me down. This is why I get in my best because I just get mad. I just get more angry. And uh, 
We're talking about art like pain is my art. And the world shall, uh, shall no pain when I go into this ring and I'm going to bring you such a ridiculous amount of pain on Carmelo Hayes. It's going to be impossible for him to handle that. I remember being in an elevator a few months ago. And Gravy, you text me and you said, Ilya has never met a bad match. I mean, this guy, <laughs> every time you are in the ring, man, it is just must-see. You can tell with Vic Joseph and Booker T, they just go to another level. Everybody brings it, man. I'm giddy with excitement at the thought of you and Carmelo Hayes. Now, you said earlier, quote, I don't have goals. How do you not have goals with this match approaching tomorrow night? And can you talk to us here about just how important it is to get that victory and become champion in NXT? It is important because, look, just look at me, like, if you fulfill your destiny, if you do the things you do with all your heart and all your passion, you don't need to go to goals because there's no other wor- There's no other way that you're just going to progress to a, and an entirely different thing than just a human being. Like you become something like a, like a symbol. You become that. A goal is something different. Like you just write down goals that you wanted to uh, go one thing after another. No, I, I, I walk through the walls with my energy level. Like, I don't need a door anymore. And people see that. Since I came back to NXT, people see something they didn't see before in NXT. I carry, I carry those, this energy of this arena like a maestro. Like, this is my, my orchestra I'm leading. And there's no question about it, about it anymore who should be the face of this brand to lead it to new levels and a new level of energy. And that's, only me. I don't know how you top that. <laughs> that was about as matter of fact as it gets. Uh, Ilya, a- any aspirations? I don't want to be the one to put the cart before the horse, and I know you're not a goal-oriented sort of individual, but uh, any aspirations to bring your orchestra to the main stage, to the biggest stage, to Raw or SmackDown in the future? I think it's the, it's the logical next step. I think I, I, I'm not in the like I said it already previously before. How why should, why should I? Like right. I I deliver important performances one after another at this moment, and I love all of those. I love to deliver. I love to put everything what I have into the things I get, and everything else is uh, is not up to me. But it is most certainly my destiny to, to sometime to see my face up there. Indulge me if you would. <laughs> Have we seen Ilya Dragunov versus Gunther for the last time? I absolutely don't think so. That was the answer I was hoping for. I just got me goosebumps, too. KP. <laughs> me too. I want to bottle this mentality, though, Gravy. You've been down at the Performance Center before, and you've been speaking with NXT superstars. We have brilliant superstars on this show each and every week, and yet this mentality of take it day by day, Let's enjoy the process. It's something we rarely get on this show. We often speak with people who say, I want to do this. I need to become this champion. And everything is so focused on 10 steps down the line rather than the process and the enjoyment and the joy that comes with every day. I agree completely. And it's almost as though Ilya sort of aspires to transcend wrestling and the sports entertainment bubble. And I'm admiring the art that you're in the process of creating. Let's see from this perspective, because you're talking about the performance center, or just like the mentality in general. Like, there's this quote, I try to remember it. Everybody wants to, 
be something, but it becomes something. And you can take this uh, the other way around. Everybody just wants to become something, but not be something already. Sometimes you gotta just take a step back and actually think about how great the things around are. And uh, that actually everything you need and that you need to be is somehow already there. Like people are striving to become something for their entire life without realizing they already are something. There's not everything you need to accomplish. It's not about accomplishments all the time. It's just sometimes about this about this belief that I am good enough at this moment how I am. And everything else will fall in place. I can be happy right now. I can be very, very confident right now. Because I talked about this like in, in interviews sometimes too, because I um I'm a very big anime fan. And there's one specific reason for this. Though the those characters in those animes, in the, they are completely broken in their best moments when they find their true strength. So they're not like they're not looking pretty anymore. They're beaten up. They're bleeding. They have a a bunch of wounds. But this is the moment where they are the greatest because they fight through all of that and eventually win. And this is the best thing you can go for. Because sometimes we are our best form already in the moment we struggle the most. Hey, P, if you would be so kind as yeah. to reveal to Ilya the conversation we had before the interview began. Ilya, I said to KP, the first time I saw Ilya Dragunov compete, he reminds me of an anime character. When yeah. you go nuclear, I swear yeah. on my children, this is the, the exact thing that I said. You did. Because you, you find this other gear, and it's visual. A lot of people in mm -hmm. wrestling, in, in the ring, they quote-unquote fire up. They get ready for their comeback. They raise their fists. There's something about you where you physically almost transform. It, it's Obviously, it begins mentally, but it comes through your pores. It comes through your eyes. The, the audience can't help but feel that. And it's so cool to hear that you you use that same comparison because whether that's the intention or not, that's the vibe that I got watching from a fan's perspective. It is. And like, I appreciate the compliment because this is like, I mean, like, I appreciate when people come up to me and say they like my work, but this is like superficial. Like, thanks for liking my work. Like, it's cool. But if people sometimes... Tell me exactly the same thing I have in my mind all the time, like the big message, like the big goal in your head, like what you want to accomplish with your performance. Yeah, well, that's the best thing that happened to me, and I, and that's everything I want to accomplish. Hey, what weaknesses do you see in Carmelo Hayes ahead of tomorrow's match? I just, I have a lot of respect for Carmelo. Like, even like when I met him the first time, I think it was back then when I had my. Uh, championship, NXT UK championship match with, with Gunter. Uh, I think it's the first time where I actually met him and I was kind of feeling like he's the guy who's like up and coming. Like he has a certain aura about him. This is like, he has something, he has something different. Like he's going to be somewhere at the top when I met, meet him again. And he is like, this is another way how destiny speaks to you sometimes or fate, however you call it. Like, but, there is just something different to my persona than his persona. I'm just not sure if he can suffer as much as I can. Because this is exactly what weighs for him. Like, can he 
endure as much as I'm going to bring to the table. Because I'm ready to be completely off guard. Like, he can, he can give his best shot to me, like, as much as he wanted to. I rather go down than going down without a, without a proper fight. Well, we cannot wait to watch it all unfold. You talk about the difference between being and becoming. On our behalf, we hope you are becoming the brand new NXT champion tomorrow night at NXT No Mercy. Ilya, where can the After the Bell faithful find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram with Umbazipa Dragonoff, and you can find me on Twitter on Umbazipa Zuck. We will all be watching. I fully expect another Dragonov masterpiece at No Mercy. No pressure, by the way, but but good luck to you and Carmelo. No doubt you guys are going to tear the house down, uh, and I cannot wait to watch the rest of your journey unfold here in the WWE Universe. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Top class. <laughs> Cheers, man. NXT No Mercy streaming live on Peacock, 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. Don't miss it. NXT Championship match. Ilya Dragunov challenging the champion, Carmelo Hayes. Until then, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search After the Bell and hit that follow button. Full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell.